Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I am Alex. I'm Willie. And I'm Nick. Today we're going to talk a little bit about film news, something we haven't done in a while, and then we're going to do a review of Alexander Payne's new film, Nebraska. But before we get to that, uh, send any feedback to feedback at midwestfilmnerds.com. Keep that in your head while you're listening. So if you think of something you want to tell us, tell it to us there. We also take uh, discussion topics what you felt about some of the stuff that we've watched or anything that you think we should watch or anything like that. Um, you can also go on our Facebook, search for Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. Uh, we often, our Twitter uh, filters through there and we'll post things on there, kind of discussion topics, see what you guys think. Nobody really responds to them at this point. Uh, kind of just Victor sometimes and maybe Gojo. But uh, we would like to have more people interacting with us in whatever way. So Facebook's probably the best way to do it at the moment, but... We also have a Twitter account at MFN Podcast. Anyway, enough of that stuff. We can move right along to the film news. So, on the heels of the death of Paul Walker um, last week, we kind of learned that Fast and Furious 7 has been put on indefinite hiatus. And um, so, the deal is that they have about they have insurance that would allow them to scrap production and they wouldn't lose any mm-hmm. money. Yep. So and and we don't we don't really know how likely that is to happen at the moment. I don't think they have any idea. Basically they were about um maybe halfway I think they said through they, they were about halfway through. About halfway through production and they most, hadn't shot much of the action. They hadn't shot a lot of the action and apparently most of Paul Walker's key scenes had not been shot yet. Yes. So um, I guess we could kind of talk about, do we think, do we think they could salvage it? Do we think the series could go on without Paul Walker? Um, kind of what we feel like they could do or should do. Do you have any thoughts, Willie? Um, well, I know that, um, James Wan had just, just said a couple days ago, maybe today or yesterday, I don't know, something like that, um, that the movie is definitely going to happen. I mean, okay. there, there will be a Fast and the Furious 7, so... Any fears of it just not like of the series being over? I think we can quell right away. I mean, that's it's, good. it's Universal's only franchise, really. So yeah. I mean, let's be honest. You know, money talks, and they want to make money eventually. So, um, and money talks was part of their franchise. They had a money. <laughs> yeah, talks I mean, franchise. Mo- money talks too. You know, I'm looking forward to it. Um, money never sleeps. If they can find Chris Tucker. Um, Close. <laughs> it's gonna be our next documentary film, Finding Chris Tucker. <laughs> anyway. Um, and I think that uh, I had heard that uh, Planet of the Apes just took yep. um, mm-hmm. the original release date, which is pretty obvious. I mean, at this point, there's no way it's going to make. It was barely going to make the release date to begin with. So, um, Is Planet of the Apes Universal as well? I'm or not no? sure. I okay. don't know. Maybe Fox sure or something. I don't know. I think it's Universal. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, think that, I think that what they need to do is they – I mean, I don't know what they have, so it's hard to say. But I think the best way to handle it, to be respectful to – the franchise and to Paul Walker and his family and stuff would be to, as much as I hate to say it, they're going to have to scrap what they have of him. If, 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 they don't, if they don't have any of his key scenes, I don't want him just popping up in the movie randomly for no real reason and then just disappearing. Like, there needs yeah. to be... I feel like there's probably footage from previ- from a, the previous couple movies that they could dip into to find a convenient way to, to get him out of the franchise. That's, um, and that's kind of... Like, I kind of was thinking... Um Maybe they could have some of the B-roll of... of Five or six. Yeah, with, or... with Walker and uh, 
what's her name? Jordana Brewster. Jordana Brewster and their kid, or... Abby Walker. Yeah. And maybe they could just have Dom doing a voiceover, like, I told my brother he couldn't come this time, or something like, you Yeah, know. and the thing is, like, yes, it, in most <laughs> circumstances that would feel pretty... Re- like, you'd, you'd be like, yep, there it is, you know, like, there's the... But, I don't know, I, I don't think there's any way they're going to be able to do this that isn't going to make it feel a little awkward, at least, because... Yeah. They're not going to, I don't see them, and I don't necessarily think they should do any sort of, you know, CG face Paul Walker onto somebody else's body or anything weird like that. I mean, if they don't have his key scenes done, then they that's shouldn't be done. Work. Um, certainly there's going to be no recasting. No. I think that's out of the out of the question at this point. Although apparently Justin Bieber's thrown his hat in the ring if anybody wants to make that happen. Did but, he really say that? Yeah. Wow. We should erase the last five seconds of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I would have been better off not ever knowing that. Yeah. Um, The list teetering back and forth between who I I care for less between him and Kanye is just just tipped in his favor. (laughs) Good job, Justin. Um, But no, I think think the best way to do that would be something like you just said. Like, like have, you know, yeah, it's going to feel a little awkward and it's going to be a little bit like, see you, Brian O'Connor, bye. But I mean, how else are you going to do this? I don't want to see him... I'm not going to lie. I don't want to see him, his character, get killed off. Not not even because he died in real life. Like I could, I can deal with that. But like, I just, I feel like of all the characters in the Fast franchise, that's the one character that I would have liked to have had like a legitimate happy ending. Anyway, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and that would kind of give him a hand. But yeah, I don't know. It would. Yeah. I, I, that being said, I can understand why some fans would be upset. That they aren't. They aren't. Try, they wouldn't be trying to use any of Paul Walker's work he's done. But how much has he done? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Any thoughts, Nick? I'd be pretty down. I'd be pretty shocked. I don't. I don't personally think I would be offended or think it's in bad taste. But it'd be a pretty bold way to open the movie. They're already going on like a revenge spree, basically. Yeah. Or if they just open the movie with Dom standing in his living room and on the news they say famed cop turned criminal Brian O'Connor dies in car crash or something like that. If they just bam out of the gate, and the it's same thing that happened to him in real life happens in the movie universe, that'd be pretty pretty intense. Hmm. I think, it, yeah, especially because this crew has always been. Yeah. In our eyes, kind of invincible. They can pull the craziest driving in the world off. Well, it's weird for one of them to actually get killed by it would be pretty intense. Well, spoilers for Fast and Furious Six and part of Seven, maybe now that they have the scene out on the the Fast Six Blu-ray. But there's a preview for Seven that is them at Han's funeral, basically saying this is gonna, this is the last funeral that we're going to be at. And we can't we can't let this happen again. Yeah, there's uh, there's literally a line a line Tyrese says to Paul Walker's character. That he's he says, uh, promise me no more funerals, Brian, or something yeah. like that. It's just like, ugh, this is it's, like, it's, it's like they, I don't know, it's very strange. But I don't think that that would be in bad taste. Some people might. I, I think that that'd be yeah. a good way <clears throat> to just one and done it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be bothered by it necessarily. I just think that so many people would be like, oh, how could they do that? You know, yeah. like, there's gonna be a lot of people that would be up in arms about it, so. People get riled up about anything, though. Exactly. So. <clears throat> All right. Well, um. I also, just hope that they're able to finish the movie and yeah, and and not, I hope it, I, you know I hope they can make a figure out a way to make a good product because yeah I think the series can live on without Paul Walker and I, I, do I think too. I think he would want it to like I I don't see any reason that he would not want them to go on and yeah do I think it's it's unrealistic to think that that but I'm, one more thing too real quick is that just because they're covered they're insured to start reshooting the movie does not mean that. Jason Statham's going to want to do it all over again. It doesn't mean that Tony Jaa's going to want to come back and do it all over again. It doesn't mean I that wonder. Tyrese is going to want to come back. And we don't know what their contracts are like. And I've been hearing a lot of a lot of stuff about the fact that 
like state the, the odds of like so, like Statham and and Kurt Russell and stuff coming back They're to do it all over again. Uh, so we probably don't have to reshoot the entire movie though. Probably not. But we don't know what they have, so yeah. it's you never you know I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, like and, and usually the villain stuff is shot pretty separately up until any conflict. So. Sure, I'll bet they're we'll I'll bet they're working around the clock to figure it out because yeah. they need they know they need to either move the release date back and keep it this year if they want to keep making one a year, get it out in 2014, or you know I doubt they want to push it back a whole year. Yeah, we'll see. We'll we see. shall see. All right. Um, also related to Fast and the Furious, Gal Gadot. Of Fast and Furious fame has been cast as Wonder Woman in Superman vs. Batman. Or Batman vs. Superman, whichever one. So, that happened. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I have like two things to say about this. One, fanboys are jerks Stupid. if we didn't already know yeah. that. Like, come on. I don't know. Like, anybody that would get cast in this role was going to be We should say fanboys are upset because she doesn't have big enough boobs. She doesn't have the right body. Like, yeah. I, who cares? Pretty she much completely. She doesn't have quads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But her, her legs are not tree trunks. She doesn't look Amazonian. What is Amazon? Just show me an Amazonian woman that you've seen in real life. Like, well, I mean, I like, even... like, typically it's, you know, super tall and built and, and but... Do you want that to be Wonder Woman? I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I, do, do you want, want Brigitte Nielsen? Yeah. Do you want a female bodybuilder to play Wonder Woman? Because they can do it. <laughs> you could have gotten Gina Carano. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't know. We'll see. And I, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then my other thing is also related to the Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Gal Gadot is five ten. She's not a small. That's tall. No, she's not tiny. She's tall, no. but I. She just doesn't. She doesn't have the frame that everybody wants her to have. Apparently, but. Whatever. I don't know we'll how many big actors have come out of the Savage Lands as of late. I mean, she hasn't done anything. <laughs> Kazar is out. Amazing. Sheena the She-Devil or whatever it is. Um, Sauron. Yeah. I, um, the other thing I want to say about it is, is, is isn't this Batman versus Superman? <laughs> like, I mean, look, I don't know how big of a role Wonder Woman has in the script. I don't even uh, I don't even know if she's going to be Wonder Woman yet, or if she's going to be just like, hey, my name's whatever Wonder Woman's real name is, and you know, uh, Diana. Yeah, Diana. Thank Diana you. Diana something. It shows you how much I know about DC Comics. Right? Yeah. Crazy Greek life. But name. um, I, 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 Apatopoulos isn't in this. Nachios. But we're ta- but we've heard. I mean, we've heard like when people when the first Wonder Woman rumors came out, people were kind of like, eh, I don't think so. I think they're going to you know, uh, they kind of disregarding it. And obviously that came to came to light. And I think the same rumor mill was doing the oh Nightwings in this. Oh, there's a female Robin in this. We've oh. got a lot. There's been a lot of swirl, like a lot swirling around, and it's going to be very interesting. It's very early to get worried, sticks. I think, because we've also heard Lex Luthor and Doomsday. Yeah. So it's it might be a little bit early to get like worried, but I, I guess it, it's it's super early to get worried. But, but I guess my thing is like they've been talking about the Flash too, like all oh, the Flash isn't it? I'm like, well, isn't it like make a movie about Batman and Superman, yeah. please first, and yeah. then like like I think that. That was actually, like, a, I was worried about the Justice League thing when I heard, okay, Justice League's going to come out in 2015, and they're not going to have any origin movies to set up any of these guys except for Superman, and blah, blah, blah. I got really worried. I think we were all a little worried about it, but I think it was a breath of fresh air for me, like, like kind of a sigh of relief, because it was like, okay, it's Batman and Superman. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a lot easier to like, branch out this, from. This, this will allow them to make a universe where we feel like these two characters exist. I, exactly, and then eventually we can get to a Justice League thing, but like now I'm like concerned. It's like, it's like tracking it. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Thoughts, Nick? Thoughts? I <clears throat> super duper doubt that Wonder Woman, Flash, Greenlight, whoever else shows up in it will be in it for more than like a final battle or ten minutes of dialogue. 
I hope you're There's right. no way that Warner Brothers in DC is that retarded. <laughs> but I don't envy their position because no matter what they do, they're going to get shit on by haters. Like, if they if yep. they were like, hey, we have a Flash movie, kind of, everyone's going to be like, oh, you're just trying to imitate Marvel. If they try to do the opposite, they're going to go, oh, why don't you follow Marvel? Like, <laughs> they should imitate Marvel. I No, I think it's a, I think uh, yeah. it's a, I think it's a good move, and I think it's a ballsy move to put them all in the same movie. I think it's sweet. It's I want, I want, I want them to be like, you know what? We're not, we're not treating these properties with. Everyone knows who Superman is. Everyone knows who Bat knows who Batman is. Everyone knows who Wonder Woman is. And how many people really, really that was slick. Thank you. How many people want to really see Wonder Woman's origin movie? Like, it would probably be a great story if written well, written well, but. I don't want to see any more origin movies. Like I'm played out because really, yeah, no, at, I, at their I, core, I agree. all I agree. superheroes are, have the same origin. Basically, some tragedy happened for the most part, and they be, got powers, or and then they went on to become good guys, and they learned a lesson about themselves in the end. Like I think if they just say, "Bam, fuck you, I'm Wonder Woman," "Bam, fuck you, I'm the Flash," and deal with it, I think that's awesome. Like I want to see, <laughs> see that. Here's the problem, though. You are not Joe Schmo, dude, who walks in and. You know, yeah, I'm wondering how. Like, oh man, they made like a really good Batman movie. I'm know? wondering how like my dad, like if he walked in and he's like, "I'm gonna go see Justice League," if like or Batman versus Superman, whatever, and he sits down and like Aquaman drops from the sky and he's just like, "Hey, I'm Aquaman." <laughs> like, like I'd be like, "Okay, really, fuck, Aquaman's you know? from the sea." Whatever. I think if he, you, he flies up from the ocean, if you had these characters show up, because DC does he fly? <laughs> DC's characters are so most of them are so powerful that if they just show up and make a whoop ass first impression on you. You will want to see more. How many people went and saw the Avengers that didn't see the Incredible Hulk Norton, and they were like, "Hell yes, the Hulk! Show me more Hulk." That's true. Falcon shows up with a sea of sharks and just like an army of like giant crustaceans that are prehistoric, giant enemy crabs. Hell yes! Like show me that, and people will probably <laughs> be like, "Damn, all right, I buy an Aquaman." If you just make Aquaman the movie, it will tank. If you just make Wonder Woman, it will probably tank. If you just make the Flash, it will probably tank. If you make them all awesome. People will probably want to see more. So you think if if like if there's a big epic battle at the end of the the movie or whatever, and they show up to help out, and they're just kind of like they're not explained, but they're there. But they just make a badass if, first if, impression. If, if Zack Snyder is able to sell people on these characters through what they're doing in the, in the fight scene, maybe they'll have there'll be a, an increased interest, and people will say, "Okay, that yes. guy's cool. I want to see more of him." Yes. And they'll go see. I a think Flash that's movie. the way to do it. It's, it's, then it's, they'll they'll be like because people love apparently love prequels. They'll probably be like, okay, now I want to see that origin. Show me how they got there. And you could you could end each of their individual movies with them on the way to that battle or something. It's interesting. It's an interesting idea. Because DC's character, I mean, that's... They're a hard sell for some people. Yeah. For some reason, Marvel's heroes are an easier pill to swallow. A kid who got bit by a spider and now has all those powers is an easier pill to swallow. He was a teenager. Teenager's easier to swallow than wealthy, wealthy dude who... Is built and wants to fight. I could talk about all the reasons why Marvel's more accessible, but I'm not going to. I don't think it is. We're over over time here anyway. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But more comic book news. Brian Singer announced on the date of the uh, Amazing Spider Man teaser drop that. uh, What a troll. (laughs) We will be getting X Men Apocalypse in 2016, and apparently this movie is going to focus on the first class crew. It is not going to focus on the current, the the old X Men trilogy people. So like Halle Berry Storm, you can forget about seeing her. Hopefully, probably. <laughs> I hope she brings back the accent for <laughs> X Men Apocalypse. Um, I think like I don't know. I mean, I love I love that Fox is. I love that Fox really is making an effort to like 
increase the quality of their films, and I think they have so far. I think I enjoyed uh, The Wolverine a billion times more than the certainly X-Men Origins, which I don't want to talk about. <laughs> and um, and First Class was definitely a huge step above uh, the previous team film, which was X-Men 3. Um, and I, I like that they're talking about tying in the Fantastic Four and X-Men. They're trying to kind of cross... Yeah. Um, they just My, hired Simon Kinberg to godfather that relationship. Yeah, yep, yep. But I, I, I guess I'm just, I don't know, like... I feel like we kind of. I feel like Days of Future Past is still like so fresh in my mind. Like I feel like that got announced last week almost to me. Like I'm not, you know, I, I don't know. Like yeah. I, I, it's fine that they're announcing another one. I just I kind of wish they would have waited a little bit. Like weird. It's almost like it's going to steal some of the excitement maybe from the current movie that they're working on. I don't know. It's weird. And then you get the new Wolverine coming out too. So maybe maybe, maybe. Jackman yeah. Jackman has said he wants to see a script first. Yeah. Okay. okay. And he wants it to be sweet. I mean, he he said yes to the script for X Men Origins, so that's true. How but bad, I think he how learned. bad can it be? I think he learned. Maybe I don't know. Nick, any thoughts on X Men Apocalypse? I'm so stoked. I love <laughs> Apocalypse. I love Apocalypse. I want to see it. and I want it to be awesome. And Do you want? Uh, all I have to say about that. What's his name to come back as Angel? Ben Foster. Yeah. No. <laughs> Get out of here with that. Taylor Kitsch's Gambit. I'd love to. Sure, yeah, yes. totally down. Taylor Kitsch's Angel. Wouldn't if work, there, it's just know. weird. You why you, choosing not to have like Cyclops, Wolverine, Storm, Beast? Those well, Beast kind of, but having them not be the ones facing Apocalypse is weird because it's Cyclops especially ties in pretty heavily to like Apocalypse, Mister Sinister. Mm-hmm. Pretty important. Well, I think what's kind of cool, I guess, though, is like like the X Men First Class took place in the '60s, right? Mm-hmm. And the new ones taking place in the '70s. And if maybe if Apocalypse is like in the '80s, it's kind of neat, I guess, because he's kind of a creation of the '80s too. So that could be kind of fun. It could be sweet. I don't know if they'll bring like the Four Horsemen thing into it, or it'd be cool if Mister Sinister was in it. Mm-hmm. Maybe if they've made or are making X Force around the same time, if they can rope Cable into it, maybe kind of tie it in a little bit. Yeah. I I wonder if now do we know in uh, Days of Future Past like a lot of the first class cast isn't back, right? Like is Banshee back and Havoc and all those guys or? No. I think a lot of them went by the wayside, but we do know, obviously, Magneto, Mystique. Beast is Beast. back. Charlie. So, I mean, there's nothing to say that, that maybe, who knows, in the in Apocalypse, maybe there are there is a way for them to kind of get some Or maybe the... they'll start bringing in giant-sized X-Men people also. That'd be cool. Well, then you've got Wolverine, Storm, well, I mean, you Nightcrawler. Could, you could kind of do maybe a mixture of that with a mixture of the OG team, you know? Like, that'd be kind of cool. I gotta say, I, I don't know. After... Examining a little bit more closely the whole how this this timeline has formed, the the glaring the glaring issue of it's stupid, it's dumb, and I wish that X Men three didn't exist. But that like scene at the beginning with a walking Patrick Stewart Charles, and I don't know it. I wish that they would have gone the this is a total reboot or. This is still in the the same timeline. As yeah, the you mean with Days of Future Past with, uh, with, first, with first Class, class technically. We kind of talked about that though, didn't we? When we first talked about First Class, like just when we got together and chatted about it, like yeah, we did. We wanted it to like go pick it, pick a, a path and go down and it instead of kind of skirting. They they didn't. So the only thing that derailed it really was Hugh Jackman. No, that and there's there, I think there was one other thing. Jackman, in there. I'm, well, I mean, in the sense that I you know whatever they can keep Jackman as Wolverine, but. The 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 like glaring omission is the fact that Charles gets gets his wheelchair at the end of the movie. 
yeah. Well, he, well Nick was saying the only thing saying, tying it to the previous yeah, ones would be the Jackman. The only thing that made it not its own. Oh, technically, that would be Jackman. the one thing that would that would stick out. Yeah, but, but even, obviously, even, even Jackman could exist in that timeline and not have it. Like it, it, it that technically doesn't matter. Maybe maybe Days of Future Past is going to do something where we're like, okay, I get this now. Like I understand why all yeah. these. I hope so. That's what I. That's what I wanted out of Days of Future Past, but I am concerned now. I don't know if it's going to happen. That's understandable. I, I think. I mean, I, I. I think that we're. I mean, <laughs> we're still kind of licking our wounds from. Even though we've had a couple of solid entries into the X Men, the Fox X Men franchise since then, we're still. I think all kind of licking our wounds a little bit over uh, X Three and and, yeah. and and Origins. Or they. Or they... They might even go the route of perhaps something that happened in first class didn't happen originally and it's now changed time because clearly Days of Future Past is setting up the Sentinels as a clear and present mm-hmm. force yeah. and they're nowhere to be found in any of the Singer movies. Well, and they have to be. They have to be different timelines. aren't they? No, not really. And they're in the danger room. The head of one. Yeah, the head true. of one, yeah. They have to be in different timelines because Moira McTaggart is a completely yeah, different yeah, person yeah. in the two to seven... Or, I'm almost wondering if there are separate dimensions. Or Trask. Time. Trask is in X Men like three. He's a he's it's he's a big ball black dude. And and, 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 in, and in Days of Future Past, he's the exact opposite. He's it's a true. he's a small hairy hairy white man. White man. <laughs> so this this cannot be the same universe. It'd be cool if they were alternate dimensions and Charles is just confused and he thinks they're actually the same. Maybe uh, we'll see. They're, it's either going to wind up being a very genius explanation where we're all like, ah, or they're just going to kind of ignore the fact that nothing matches up, and we're just going to go, eh, okay. I just know I'm excited for an X Men movie for the first time in a long time, <laughs> and I'm, I'm excited that I'm excited. Like, I'm good. optimistic about the future for X Men. Yeah, optimistic about the days of future past. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The ghost of future past. Uh, finally, we've got uh, Gareth Edwards' Godzilla teaser was released today, and you guys watched it just before the podcast. You can see a clip on our Facebook and, uh, and uh, Instagram of them viewing it. Oh. But, uh... What that's, you guys what the, think? that's what the, that's the phone <laughs> staring at me was. Okay, this yeah. makes sense. Um, oh, that's what the dude who wasn't watching the trailer and was sitting behind the screen was doing with his phone. Ha! Anyway. While I was eating mashed potatoes and watching yeah. Godzilla trailer? <laughs> yes. Um, I'm, Nick, you saw it first. Go ahead. Give me your thoughts. Um, I think it's awesome. I think it's a great teaser. Doesn't really give away hardly anything about the movie other than that Godzilla's in it and he looks awesome. What? Wait, what? He's huge. Godzilla's he's, in this movie? Yes. The rumors are true. Better and question. Is, is Jean Renault in this he's film? He's humongous. <laughs> he's voicing Godzilla. Uh, he's huge okay. and everything looks great. Visually, it looks awesome. Uh, there's a great cast and the roar is exactly what I wanted. Yeah. It's like pretty much the old school roar with a nice little like twist on it. At like the end of the roar, it's just so it's so good. A little, um, bit, of, a little bit of French in this. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I I, I, I think that with Godzilla, like I I mean I used to love watching the old pipe down Alex, <laughs> <laughs> the older uh, you know the Japanese films and stuff, and and I loved all the goofiness of them, and especially the later ones when he's fighting like mm-hmm. a giant version of every insect, a, a on mecha the version of himself, a mecha version of every enemy he's fought before, <laughs> three headed King Ghidorah that came from the movie, yeah, with with robot arms and legs and the, whatever, it, it's absurd. And but, they just tackle each other, <laughs> <laughs> right? But yeah. I want I want a reason to uh, for my adult self to love Godzilla. And, um, I mean, I still love Godzilla, but I want, like, a movie that I can, like, not feel weird about watching as an adult now. And, um, I think this might be it. I'm excited, too, that, remember the, the real, the mini, mini teasers that they released? 
that was like the viral thing where they mm-hmm. showed like the city being destroyed and you saw like the swoop of his tail and that was about it. Yeah, little flash. And it was like really dark looking. Like mm-hmm. I mean, like dark in terms of content. The original, uh, the original Godzilla is a bleak movie. Like it is really horrifying. When they released that, lots of people were saying, "Oh, that's just footage shot for the season. There's no way it'll be in the movie." But in the actual real like. 90 second teaser you see there's a couple shots from that in there mm-hmm. including the one of the train just smushed and like 150 dead people surrounding it yeah. i'm like woo <laughs> like, yeah. that's what i want i'm 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 really excited for it i hope that i hope it does really well so i get to see Godzilla fight another giant monster cuz i'm, yeah, I'm going to take a guess and say there's probably not a gi- another giant monster in this movie if there is i'll be totally down but I don't think there will be so you like it when Godzilla has a face turn oh god i love it i love and it so of, much they kind of lure him into the city just to fight another yeah, monster not a face turn but like like the, he's just he's just big and dumb enough to where they can kind of trick him to like they're like look there's another guy. one go fight can, that it's he's like the like, hulk you can direct him towards something you know like <laughs> or like king kong doesn't yeah. like dealing with like, other monsters i would love to see godzilla fight like a newly redesigned modern age king Ghidorah. down dude comes from space dragon i hope like, they just hire rick moranis to blow up brian cranston and then brian cranston versus godzilla Seriously, if it if if the end of this movie is a giant Brian Cranston punching out Godzilla, <laughs> I will shit. <laughs> or a giant uh, a Jaeger that's Renault? designed after oh. Brian Cranston, or Brian Cranston and Max Martini pairing up to drive a Jaeger together. <laughs> Robo Cranston uh, would be amazing. Amazing. All right, Cyber Cranston. Oh yeah, Cyber Woo. That wraps up our. <laughs> that wraps up our. Uh, our film news segment. So, um, we're going to do a full review of Alexander Payne's Nebraska. Uh, Cyber Woo. <laughs> forgot about Cyber Woo. What was the other one called? Uh, uh, one that we love. Huge Frogger. Huge Frogger and yep. Cyber Woo. Eiffelite. Masters of the... There's, there's a... There's no, a is, uh, we have to apologize, listeners, but yes. there is a, a Genesis game called King of the Monsters King 2. King of the Monsters 2, yeah. And uh, it has the most absurd, like, hor- horribly translated... <laughs> Japanese monster names ever, yes. and you should look it up. It's somewhere. basically Godzilla the game, but without any of the Couldn't licensing. Get it right to Godzilla. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, it's incredible. All right, back to our regularly scheduled review of Nebraska. The uh, it was <laughs> starring Bruce Dern, Will Forte, June Squibb, Bob Odenkirk, uh, a few other people, Stacy Keach, of course. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Buzz from Home Alone. <laughs> Synopsis on IMDb says, An aging, booze-addled father makes the trip from Montana to Nebraska with his estranged son in order to, cl- order to claim a million-dollar mega sweepstakes marketing prize. Pretty pretty accurate. The poster's incredible, too. I don't know. I don't, yeah, the poster like is amazing. Movie. I don't understand why every time I have to judge whether or not the synopsis is good or not, but that's just what we do <laughs> Well, sometimes here. they're really out of whack. That's yeah. true. When they, when, they, when they need to be put in their place, the synopsis writers, <laughs> and we do it. We just do it. All right, so uh, Alexander Payne, uh, director of movies such as Sideways, The Descendants, Citizen uh, Ruth, Citizen Election, Ruth, Election, About Schmidt, About Schmidt. So, uh, Willie, have you seen any other Alexander Payne movies, and how do you feel about them? Um, I saw Election, and I liked it, and I saw Sideways, and I, yeah. Okay, yeah. Nick, I saw Citizen Ruth, Election, and Sideways, and I liked them all quite a bit. Okay. I've seen The Descendants, and I saw Bushman a long time ago. That doesn't count. But The Descendants, I was not a huge fan of. <clears throat> but uh, Alexander Payne's a man who has, uh, you know, appeared in award oh, yeah. awards uh, seasons many times before, and so I figured this would be an important one to take a look at before the end of the year. But um, 
Yeah, so Willie, how did you feel about God. Nebraska as a whole? Nebraska, um, when I was actually there, or the movie? <laughs> the movie. Please. Okay, because they're two very different things. Um, I enjoyed Nebraska. I did not know what to expect from this movie. This is one of those ones where um, I believe it was Alex that had, had finally pulled the trigger on what we were going to review this week. Mm-hmm. And I w- initially went, oh, God, I don't want to go see this movie. <laughs> um, and, and it's not because, honestly, I, I I mean that in, like, the opposite of, like, a snobby way. Like, I, I'm not – it's just because, like, if I don't have, a, like, a, an a, – an interest in seeing it, I'm immediately going to go, oh, yeah, you know. No, I know, I know what you mean. I'm a baby about it. And um, oftentimes I'm I'm pleasantly surprised by seeing these things. So um, this is, yeah, this is one of those cases. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I think the performances are great. It took me a little bit to get used to uh, Forte in this kind of role because he, yeah. he is very funny in this movie but not in the Forte manner that you're used to. So it takes a minute to kind of get used to him reading actual dialogue. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like not being insane like Brother Solomon nuts. Um <laughs> Which but is usually his forte. forte. Oh, oh God! Went there. Where there's a will, there's a forte. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it, it takes a little while to get used to him. Um, but once you do, he's actually really endearing. He plays a really cool character. Everybody's really believable in this movie too. Like I never felt like any character felt fake or mm-hmm. well. They're a little too real. There's a couple more that there's a couple in there that might be a little goofy. But um, I like the picture it paints of like the American Midwest. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got a very cool, like, there's scenes when they're kind of walking through town in Nebraska, and it totally feels, like, authentic. Like, yeah. it feels like, it's really sad. Like, it's a very, I mean, the movie's all in black and white, which kind of gives it kind of a somber look anyway. But some of the scenery and stuff is just, it makes me sad, because I've seen it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, <clears throat> and I think one of my favorite aspects of this, one of my favorite non-spoilery aspects about this is uh, its portrayal of, of the elderly in general, because, like, it's a pretty honest portrayal of a lot of elderly people that I've come to know in my personal life. And, I mean, there's a scene with a kind of conversation between a few elderly gentlemen while watching <laughs> TV. That was my favorite scene. Mm-hmm. And it's it seriously reminds me of, like, sitting around after a family dinner yeah. with, like, my grandparents and my great aunts and uncles <laughs> and stuff. Like, that's exactly, exactly what you would see is yeah. those conversations. Um, it, it, it's, it's funny because that, cause it is, does feel so authentic. Um, and I, I, uh, Bruce Dern is amazing. Mm-hmm. So good. So, so good. And he should receive some sort of recognition for that, whether it be in the form of a win or a nomination or something. Cause he's really, really good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I really did. Um, yeah. All right. That's how I feel. Nick. In my, in my feeling. That's the record. Center. Um, I liked it a lot as well. That was very good. I It took me a little bit longer to get into it. I thought it was kind of slow to start. And like I said to Alex after we saw it, there was some painfully bad acting in this movie. But I think a lot of it is due to some of the either really amateur or non-actor people that are cast in it. But even some of the dialogue spoken by some very veteran actors felt very stiff. Yeah, there's some scenes... I, I, was, I totally agree with you that, that what I was saying about the... Um the, the forte thing is there's some scenes right in the beginning of the movie where I was like, yeah, yeah. who wrote this? This is not I good. I was like, this is the first scene they filmed before Will knew how to not be really hilarious. Yeah. And I remember the first scene with him and Bob Odenkirk together, I was like, this is such bad dialogue. Like, it just, <laughs> it sounded, they were both overacting. Like, mm-hmm. they're two guys who are really good at being funny and they were trying to be serious and like every manish and it was very, very weird. Yeah. They got better though as the movie went on. Either that or maybe I just got more acclimated to it. It's hard to tell. But... Um, I did like it a lot. I think 
the like you said the portrayal of that kind of semi lower class midwest was really hysterical and sadly really hits home mm-hmm. like in like i told alex too when i was in saginaw uh, earlier this year on a shoot it was exactly like that and i was driving <laughs> around in those exact areas of those exact kind of bubbas sitting on their porch doing nothing and uh i was like oh god this is just so weird and i really <laughs> wonder how people in like I mean, not to say that people in L.A. and New York and, and stuff like that don't have those kind of areas, but it's very, very, it's a very Midwestern flavor throughout the yeah. whole movie. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, it's hard to ca- I think it's hard to capture the Midwest, which is weird. Like, you would think it would be because it's such a huge part of the country. But I think that it the Midwest feels so generically American in most situations that it never, like, this feels authentic, though. Like, I don't know. This always felt, like, legitimately, like... Reminds, Did they shoot Nebraska? Do you know? Yeah. Okay. So and, and Alexander Payne is from Nebraska. Yeah. No. Okay. Cool. This Good. is his third movie that has taken place in Nebraska, I believe. <laughs> awesome. I think uh, it reminded me a lot of driving up north, though, like going through northern Michigan. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, oh yeah. God, I've been in these kind of these kind of podunk towns on the way to the UP. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But no, I liked it a lot. It was funny. It definitely had its kind of trademark Alexander Payne. Uh, I can't even put my finger on what it is. It's just one of those things that really makes a director pretty distinct. It's just his his. His hand is very is felt very much in that movie, and um, yeah, that was good. All right, um, yeah, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit, uh, and I can't say it was a surprise coming off of uh, the Descendants, but I it just how much I didn't really enjoy the Descendants at all. I was kind of like, oh well, you know, this is this is pretty good. I know why people like Alexander Payne now, but I should watch more of his movies anyway. Yeah, definitely, dude. E- Election. Oh my god, Susan Ruth is awesome. I do want to see more, but um, I enjoyed it quite a bit, and that was it. Like, it's just a very honest portrayal of the people and the the location, everything that you guys have said already. Um, mm-hmm. I, I said to Nick, it felt to me like a Wes Anderson story if he tried to just be normal, which I found <laughs> yeah. kind of interesting. Um, I can see that. The movie did feel really slow to me, but I was okay with it for some reason. Like, the movie's... It's like, uh... Let me look at the runtime. It's an hour and 50. Yeah, it's, a, it's an hour and 50, and it, but it feels like a good two and a half, in my opinion. That's how it felt to me. Which, you know, I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing, and I certainly, you know... I think it's interesting that he could make this engaging story about just kind of these somewhat simple characters and they they feel like simple characters at first and then you kind of learn more about them as the movie goes on mm-hmm. i think he was very successful at doing that and somebody on um on reddit.com slash our true film brought up the idea that uh why is alexander payne so attracted to the road trip movie as he has done before and <laughs> i believe sideways and about schmidt yeah. maybe yeah and um it's it's interesting to think about what people were saying in that topic because it's very much like with a road trip. What else do you have going on than these two people in kind of an isolated environment? Mm-hmm. You know, they gotta they gotta interact with each other and learn more about each other. And I think it's that's an interesting way to take a look at it. And I think the movie kind of uses that to its to its full potential. That's such um, an interesting observation. I never thought of that before. Yeah, it was it was very cool. We need more road movies. They're so cool. Road movies are cool. Like, yeah, it's a. Uh... It's a genre. Well, yeah, it really is kind of a subgenre. You know, I mean, you can do anything with it. You can do comedies with in that setting. And, Planes, trains. Yeah, totally. You can do uh, dramas in that setting. You can do everything. Remember um, when we thought X Men Origins was going to be a road movie? <laughs> yeah, kind of is, but it's horrible. Yeah, but anyway, it's terrible. Yeah, Alex. Speaking, yeah, back to the head. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just noting down that I need to watch The Open Road with uh, Justin Jeff Bridges, Timberlake. Jeff Bridges. Justin Timberlake. <laughs> 
Oh, that's open range. <laughs> nice. Well no, done. But, uh, no, I, I, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. It's, uh, I, I, I think black and white was a cool way to do it. It just kind of, it, he, I feel like he does a lot of things to kind of just simplify it all in your head and just kind of put it on screen and you just watch it. You don't have to, your brain doesn't have to contend with all these colors coming at you. You can just see it for what it is on screen and it's... His very trademark, uh lines was very apparent in this movie like he always composes shots so that lines are converging on a point in the horizon yeah all the time in his movies <laughs> one thing i really noticed in this one i don't remember noticing in his others and i have to go back and watch him now uh with a little more trained eye than when i first saw him was like this was so static so much of this movie was just like the camera very very rarely moved and there, yeah. were, there weren't a lot of cuts there'd be a lot of just like camera set mm-hmm. up and it might pan a little bit but there's lots of entire scenes or chunks of scenes unfolding yeah without cutting no you're right but I remember the shot in the in the newspaper place when the camera actually like yeah. dollied across the room. I was like, "Whoa, a move!" Because <laughs> so much of the movie is just like locked off, either like on the window of a car or just in a room. I love an interesting way to to watch it. Yeah, no, it's 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 a cool looking movie. Like, I mean, it's it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a lot of what you see nowadays. Well, like, it's part of why I think why it feels so natural. Uh-huh. Like you said, yeah. why it's so it's slow paced, slow going, just like the town and the people in it. Yeah, there's not a lot. Of, it's not cut cutsville like so many modern movies. The fil- the filmmaking yeah. style almost like reflects the the mindset of most of the people in the movie. <laughs> like just chill. very plotting. <laughs> um, one of the things I really love about this movie is um, uh, the relationship between well, it's it, it's almost not even a relationship. It is, but it isn't between father and son is explored in this, and I like that the. the the, my favorite moments in this movie are anytime um, you learn through other characters, through smaller characters, a little bit more about um, Bruce Stern's character. Yeah, and I, I love watching. Oh, uh, yeah. I love watching his son just get these tiny little snapshots of his of his father's past. Not enough to like. You never you never learn much more than what he's told, which is which I think is even cooler. Like, there's always a weird feeling as a kid when like you learn something years later about your parents that you didn't know. Yeah. Like, and it totally throws you for a loop. Like if it's like, Oh my God, my whole life is a lie kind of thing, even though it really didn't affect you in any way, shape or form, obviously it turns your parent into a person and not just your parent. Yeah. You there's they were a human, you know, a thinking, breathing. Absolutely. Bleeding. Yeah. There's, there's a, yeah, there's a, they're not, they're not a superhero like you thought they were, mm-hmm. you know? So it's very cool to, to see that, I like especially the the scene in the in the printing press or the oh, yeah. yeah the yeah the that newspaper yeah it was very cool. Um, I love that they they kind of touch back on those characters again too before the end of the movie, which yeah. is very cool. Yeah, that final yeah yeah that was great. Very very neat. Very good ending. You learn a lot about the characters in this movie without having to like being forced to learn too much about them, which is nice. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's, it's not like, an it's expository like, way at all. It, yeah, and it's like you said, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> like you don't learn much of anything about Bruce Dern's character from him. It's no. all from other people. Absolutely. And then even when Will Forte kind of brings it back to Bruce Dern, Bruce Dern's like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 very it's it's a cool way to do it. Very, very mm-hmm. interesting. Um. Any other thoughts in Nebraska? Well, 
Uh, spoilery ones. Yeah, spoiler I have some things that I want to say for spoiler Terry. Okay, well, we will take a quick break and then we will come back for spoiler Terry for Alexander Payne's Nebraska. <laughs> Alright, here we are in spoiler cherry for Nebraska. Nick, you have stuff on the tip of your mind. I do. In the tip of my tongue. That too. Uh God, you totally derailed my train <laughs> by saying that. Oh, okay. When we were talking about the, the printing press scene, yeah. uh, and how great that was, that was so cool to like you know you probably don't think that much about like your grandparents and your parents, but think about their like former girlfriends, former former boyfriends, maybe the one that got away for them, that sort of thing. Yeah. What their life would have been like if you and it totally nailed it in the dialogue when she's like, you know, but you were you were born or whatever and you like you're he had you, and she say something like that, and I, and she's like, and I have no regrets. I had a, married a great man, yeah. had a bunch mm-hmm. of kids, a bunch of grandkids. I thought somebody said something about, you know, Will Forte and his older brother being born. But anyway, <clears throat> in that, fi- I loved in that final scene when he cruises by in the truck. Yeah, and everybody's like, hey, everybody's happy except for that one lady who just looks at him with this look in her eye, like. There goes the the great love of my life yeah, that I once great lost. Great, great white buffalo. I like audibly was like, <laughs> yeah, when the theater because I was like, dang, that was fucking heavy. Yeah, she almost looks like she's gonna cry. Yeah. Like, there's a there's a weird. Well, and I think too, I'm like, like man, like fifty five years later, and you can still be like, as soon know. as you see somebody, yeah. And it goes, it totally goes with like, there was a post I saw on Reddit not too long ago where people talked about like, it was a question about like being married for like a long time. How do you make it work and that kind of thing? And and somebody had said something about like your partner falling apart as they get older like in looks looks wise and health wise and somebody was like he was like you know i because i've been married for like 35 years or something he's like and i still see my wife as the way she was when i married oh, her totally. at like 24 he's like and he goes i know to everybody else they might notice this like part of her that's saggy instead or her droopy cheeks or something like that he goes but to me she's just as and i'm like man that, that was totally reflected in that woman's yeah. face that bruce dern is just the stud the pack of cigs rolled up in his sleeve <laughs> on his truck just got that back just, from Korea. That was just yeah, heartbreaking to the to the max. There's also I think, like one thing that I thought about too with when she like looks at him and stuff. I'm like, it's really sad because like that's like she's probably thinking too like that's the last time I'll ever see him. Like that's it. Like yeah. he hasn't been here in how long? It was like mm-hmm. almost 20 years or something. He hadn't been there since like oh, in probably way longer, way longer than the that. Boys were even born. Yeah, that's right. Before Forte was even born. Looks like he's like 40 ish. Yeah. So that that was really sad too. I'm like, oh man, that's kind of like I don't know. But I, I love his triumphant victory ride. It's just so beautiful. Yeah. Like, get down, get down. He like I like how he team. got it, too. I was wondering, I was like, is he going to get what Will Forte's doing? And then when he told him to get down so he can look like a true pimp in his truck, I was like, yeah, that's very funny. <laughs> it's very, very cool. And Stacy Keach is epic villain in this, epic villain in this movie. So. Sean Villain. Good for him. <laughs> we also get some Stacy Keach uh, karaoke, which is amazing. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I'd like to see more of that. <laughs> Singing in the ghetto. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, know. Um, I, I I meant to say earlier on. I like how this this is like one of the few towns that's on screen in a movie that feels smaller than the one that's in Thor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It's like one road. Yeah, but the funny part is this probably this one probably is smaller than <laughs> than the one that's in Thor. Yeah, um, I loved his cousins. 
Oh my gosh. The most disgusting, stupidest Uh, people that you've ever seen, ever. Yeah, they're But they were so good. And they were my, hysterical. My favorite part about the scene of all, all the the uncle, the great uncle, or the uncles and everything sitting in the living room mm-hmm. was when Odenkirk walks in yeah. and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then <laughs> Will Forte's Forte. like, so how long did it take you to get here? And then all of their heads turn to look at him. Like, that's the only time, like, everybody's head turns to look at Odenkirk. <laughs> and it's because that's, like, the joke earlier in the movie is that it right. took him forever to get to Right, Nebraska. and he was like, why is that important? Yeah. And then once he's there, he's like the first one to go. How long did it take you to get here? <laughs> it was great. Yeah, it was really good. That was fantastic. That scene of all them chilling was so, so hysterical. Some of them could have been asleep, but you don't... It was like, perfect. <laughs> what are they watching? I forgot. Are they watching golf? Football. Football. football? Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chicago and Detroit. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yep. One of the best scenes in the movie, too, is the... Uh, Chicago the, and Detroit. The botched theft of the uh, the compressor. Yeah. That, that, was, that was that was so Alexander Payne. It's it's hysterical. That is the scene from Sideways when Paul Giamatti tries to steal back Thomas Hayden Church's wallet. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was oh my god, it was and so there, funny. There, there's a, my favorite part of that too is I think it, it's weird because now that I'm like talking about this movie, like it's all like the little subtle moments in in the like the big the bigger scenes. Like I mean, obviously the scene's hysterical just because of what happens. Mm-hmm. Like, but I like the there's a look that um that Forte and Odenkirk give each other, like, right as they're pulling up. And I love it because they totally look like two like like two brothers, like Absolutely. little kids who are just like, we're about to get in some trouble. Like, yeah. it, like they totally got back in their old ways. Like, you could see them as kids <clears throat> doing stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. it's perfect. They totally, like, in that moment, I was like, I believe these two are brothers. I get it. Yeah. Like, even That's though Odenkirk cool. is this professional, like, you news know, anchor. news anchor and Forte's kind of like a low-key dude like it's just perfect yeah. loved it i feel bad right now i just realized for never in the non-spoiler territory mentioning june squibb and how absolutely yeah, amazing she was true. oh yeah yeah she's awesome very, very true she she's she's very the whole scene in the in the graveyard is she's kind of going through uh, once she's bruce Jones family and and just like <laughs> just ex-lovers like, yeah it, it's oh it it's hysterical fantastic. and her character starts off very one note and you think unimportant yeah she's like you're like oh she's just bitch mom mm-hmm. old lady but she evolves into one of the one of the best characters when by even by the end she's like sticking up she can't stand bruce Dern, but at the same time you, she really loves him it's mm-hmm. really amazing yeah the scene in the hospital when she like just kisses him and idiot. stuff like yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah like you're like okay i get it it's funny too because like i know like from my interactions with my grandparents, like, when they're together, they, they're constantly nagging each other and bugging each other, but they totally love each other. Like, there's not... I mean, when you've been with somebody for, like, 50-some years, 60-some years, like, of course you're going to get under, under each other. It's impossible. Yeah. Try being with somebody for three years and not having to get under your skin every <laughs> once in a while. It's, it happens. I mean, but, uh... Yeah, their, their relationship's a lot of fun, but I totally agree. Like, at first, she seems like she's going to be they this, like, oh, God, she's going to be this really obnoxious, like... Yeah. But she's a lot of fun. She reminds me of a lot of old women that I've met in in my life as well. <laughs> like, just constantly. Well, it's funny because she kind of gets set up as like the the. She's like she's a Catholic. I could kind of mention at some point. Mm. And then she she's got the biggest mouth in in the whole movie. It's yeah. really oh, yeah. funny. It's, it's really hilarious. Funny. I All love these it too. damn Lutherans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's got when when they finally like when Will Forte's they steal the the wrong person's. Uh, Oh, stuff God. and he goes he goes well don't you have anything bad to say about these people because like she's she's like talks so much crap about everybody everybody and she's like she's like no i don't know why you would do that to them like good people <laughs> lost one child and but they rallied together and saved the farm salt of the earth yeah, yeah. so perfect why didn't you stop us i was just wondering what you were doing <laughs> so good okay. very very funny yeah yep 
Everybody feels everybody feels totally legit in this movie, which is awesome. I didn't feel like anybody was a cartoon character, except for maybe the cousins, but no, in a good totally, way. Yeah, but they were in a, they in were a awesome. perfect way. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing is there there are one or two scenes in this movie where like I almost they were funny, but I almost like they they were almost too over the top. It felt for the movie like. Like the the scene of the two cousins like robbing them was pretty stupid. Like I don't know. Like it didn't bug me. It was funny, but it didn't feel like it came from the same. Didn't feel like it was part of the same uh, movie. I don't know that and her her lifting up her skirt at the graveyard. I was like, yeah. eh. I love that. I love it. it was really funny, but I was just like, eh. It was funny enough what she was doing, you know. So I don't know if I have any other complaints really. I mean, I. It, it can be a little slow at times, and I don't think this movie's for everybody. I think a lot of people can watch this movie and just be like, oh, God, like, yeah. what am I watching, you know? But um, I think if they hung in there, they'd, they'd enjoy Once it gets to the, the family, I think there's some pretty yeah. universal humor. In yeah, there. it gets a lot more comedic in a good way. But um, I agree, that first act is a bit of a slog. I even felt it. I was kind of like, mm. I can see some people straight up just turning it off and saying, like, I, I guarantee you when this comes out on DVD that I'm going to get a lot of customers going, I turned it off after 20 minutes. And I, honestly, I... I understand. Like, I can get what people... But I think that people should hang so in. So how much of you almost walked out 20 minutes in and was going to fake the rest of the podcast? <laughs> oh, me? No. No, I knew to, I knew I was going to give it a fair shake. I, I, I wasn't that... I mean, it was just moving a little slow. But it was yeah. by no means... I've turned off two or three movies this year, which I don't normally do, but there were a couple bad ones this year that I was just like, nope. And, uh... That's no. a little teaser for our best yeah. and worst of 2013. Yeah. Guess <laughs> which uh, three movies I turned off <laughs> prematurely. Um... But no, I never considered like like leaving for this one. It would take a That's lot good. for me to do that. But I did get out. I did leave the theater during After Earth. I don't know if I said that on our After Earth review. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I left the theater, went out to the to the the parking lot, and had a cigarette, and then came back. Um, but That's why you didn't like it. You missed all the yeah, all the you good did. yeah sure. You missed character development. I, I bet you Cypher Rage. All of the uh, knee taking. <laughs> yeah, right. I saw enough of that. But no, this was uh, it was really enjoyable. I actually liken this a little bit to not just because it's black and white, but a little bit to seeing Much Ado. It was kind of a similar experience. Yeah, they're both smaller movies. And, yeah, because you know. I, I, this is like probably the smallest scale movie I've seen all year. I mean, it's very, very like, very contained in this one area. And but, but it was, it was very cool. And it, I, I would have liked to have seen this movie actually kind of come out like in the summer, like in like try, the artsy theaters. Because no, it, it would have been nice to like. Yeah. This is like a perfect like breath of fresh air movie, mm. like a palate cleanser in between. Big bombastic, like I would have loved for this to have been a palate cleanser for me in the summer. You know what I mean? Yeah, it would have been perfect for we that. Had a few of those, though. We did have a few of those, but it, this would have been perfect. I yeah. would have been like, oh man, this is you know, it just would have been great. But you know, I, I those are important. You need them because that's the way I felt after all was lost. Also, I was like, that was a great like kind of reset myself. Yeah, you need those movies because you can't if you if all you do is go and see the big bombastic uh, Michael Bay stuff which is fine it's great i love that stuff like but i i you do need occasionally to take a break from that and watch an edward burns join or something just a straight character driven movie yeah absolutely i think yeah, it's it was important. fun <clears throat> absolutely all right well i think that kind of wraps up our thoughts but we got some time to kill here so um, a time to kill we have a time to kill um so we like to do feed, uh, food for thought. We haven't really done. Wow, I can't talk anymore. Feed for thought. Feed for we haven't thought. really done feed for thought. Food for feed. <laughs> feed for food. <laughs> we haven't done one of those in a while. And uh, listener Victor wrote in on our Facebook page saying, "One-time lead actors who blew you away and then vanished off of the face of the earth." So um, yeah. 
Willie, I think you got a couple. <laughs> a giant list. <laughs> a giant um, this is a tricky one because it, it took me a while to think of any, but uh, the girl who plays Andy from The Goonies. I don't remember her name. I can pull my phone right now. Cause, um, but uh, she was, I remember as a kid, she was one of like the first like, like actress crushes I had because I totally like, Oh, she was so cute. Yeah. She was, she's adorable. Um, and she's, she just doesn't do anything afterwards. Carrie Green. Uh, Carrie Green. Yeah. I think her IMDb picture is actually a picture from the Goonies. Like <laughs> she didn't do anything. So yeah, that's, that's oh, she was a chicken tell. Lucas too. Yeah, she was from Lucas. I mean, Lucas also. She was amazing. Um, <laughs> there was no Lucas. Too. Lucas, comma T O O. But you could see how, like, being in these higher profile movies at the time, that she would might be like become more of a big deal, and she just didn't. So, um, Carrie Green, if you're out there, I bet you're still looking good. <laughs> um, Paul Hogan from the Crocodile Dundee series. Yeah, I, I I like Paul Hogan. He's super like. I, I feel like he's a super charismatic guy, and like I would have liked to have seen him done more. Yeah, look at that. But he face. just kind of did Crocodile Dundee, and that was really about it. Oh, Lightning Jack, hello. Um, Almost an Angel is a super underrated movie. It's a good movie. That is yeah, such is. a funny movie. It is, and he was in the Flipper uh, remake with Elijah Wood. But that is true. I don't know. I just it's weird that he didn't become a huge star. You yeah. know, because like, it's it's an iconic character. People say you can, you say Crocodile Dundee, and people instantly know what you're talking about. Those are part. two of my favorite like '80s comedies. Oh, both fantastic. of them are so good. Have you ever seen either one of those? Yeah, yeah they're, they're fantastic. They're both awesome. I never saw the third one, but who cares? No, me neither. Um, <laughs> Crocodile uh, Dundee in Los Angeles. <laughs> woot woot. Um, Dwayne Jones from Night of the Living Dead. At the time, it was a big deal that there was an African American lead in the movie. Like it wasn't written for an African American actor, but. It, <clears throat> George Romero truly believed he was the best guy for the party. He got, he got the job, you know, because he was the best actor. And he just didn't... I didn't do anything he afterwards. Probably, probably just didn't get hired because he was it's, black It's too time. bad. Because yeah. he's actually really, really good. Like, legitimately yeah, good in that movie. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess he did some, some theater and stuff before and after. So, um, but, yeah, I, I always enjoyed him. Um, Alex Winter. From yeah. uh, Bill and Ted, Bill and, Ted. and uh, the Lost Boys, another guy who like I feel like he was totally on the cusp. If he, I think if he wanted to, if he really wanted to be a, an actor, which obviously I don't think that's what he's passionate about. Yeah. Um, if he wanted to be like a big actor, he could have been un- totally another '80s heartthrob, along with you know some of those guys that came, like Kiefer and stuff that came up. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's a, he was one of the best nerdist podcasts that I've listened to. Like the episode that he was on was fantastic, and he talks about how. He basically picked up Bill and Ted as a check to then start directing music videos and things and smaller projects and stuff. So he definitely, like, when his career was starting, he, he like, he had already been doing some, like, theater stuff, I think, mm-hmm. as, as a child. He kind of segued into, you know, bigger projects and then yeah. he wanted to get into directing. So he probably could have, you know, taken, taken more on, but I just, I don't think that was... Clearly, that wasn't where his heart really li- uh, would lie. Yeah, yeah. Um, Carrie Henn from Aliens. Huge profile, like, hu- huge role for for this little you? girl. Yeah, and then didn't ever do anything. Yeah, never really. I don't think she wanted to, from what I understand. But still, it was, like, that's that's a big role. Uh, I think that happens a lot. It, like we said, with the kids. With the kids. Well, yep. Haley Joel Osment had mm-hmm. a successful career as, like, a kid and then just kind of... Kind of decided not to. Got weird looking. Um, another one would be um, Patrick Fugit from Almost Famous. That was a... From what I understand, that role was, like... There were a ton of people who read for that people role. people auditioned for it. Yeah, like, some insane amount of people, like... And, and Fugit got it, and, like... 
he's done he's done some movies and stuff. Like I've seen him pop up from time to time, but he never never <laughs> hit the the lead of anything that I that I know of. So I think he was in that Wrist Cutters movie. Yeah, yeah, he was in. Yeah, I said everything. He was in uh, Saved. Also, yeah, he was in Saved. He's been in all of uh, all of. um, He's in Spun. All of God. Why am I? I'm having a hard time with this right now. What's his name's movie? Cameron Crowe's movies. Yeah, Mm. like he was in We Bought a Zoo, and he's been in a couple other ones. He's been great. Like I liked him a lot, and like even like Wrist Cutters. I watched Wrist Cutters, and I liked him. He looks old. He's a really good. He's a really good actor. He he plays the the awkward. You know what I mean? Like the awkward teenager so well that he was yeah. perfect for that role but um, I don't know I, I would have liked to have seen more of him and then uh, I forgot about one that I have to name right now Rory Cochran I love Rory Cochran more than like I could ever say I don't know what it is about him I just think he's so cool what did he really like lead in well I mean he was he was, was part of the ensemble part of the Empire ensemble in Days and Confused oh. and then he was he was a lead in Empire Records I yeah. would say um, and I know that he did some CSI Miami for a while he was like a regular on that but he was on 24 Scanner Darkly. He did Scanner Darkly, Scanner but Darkly he's never been, you know, I mean, not that he's a traditional leading man, but I don't know, I always expected him to see him do more high-profile stuff than he's done. So. Yeah, I didn't even think about this question in this way. So, yeah, like, I, I like, had thought of other guys who have been circling leading man but never quite got it. I know there's way more. Oh, yeah, there's some of those, too. But anybody else have any? Not really. Like, it's, it's, this is a, you guys, a hard one. Like, you guys pulled your brains into mine. Yeah. It's like you said... It, basically, it's it's kind of hard because you forget about those people. Like those people, if they don't really show up again in like yeah. big roles, then they kind of lose that mind share, and you don't really think about them as much. There's a lot of people too that were on TV for a long period of time that I always enjoyed that never really broke into film. Uh, mm. Like Emma Emma Caulfield from from Buffy. Yeah, loved her on Buffy. Always thought she was going to go on and do like some bigger stuff, and never really has taken off at all. Yeah. Um, and there's there's probably a bunch of you know, a bunch of that on there. Same with, uh, what's her name? Uh, River Tam from, God, why am I? Summer Glau. Summer Glau. Done a ton of TV work, really big in, like, the nerd, you know, the nerd followings yeah. and stuff, but n- hasn't really had a role that has, you know. All of these people are still working, though. Absolutely, like, yeah. 80% true. of what we've named. Have- They're not out of work. I guess it's just, it's one of those things where, like, they nailed, they they, they had a role that was, like, just very coveted. Like, not coveted, but, like, a high-profile role and then never really... Like, they weren't able to elevate their career because of it. It was just kind of... I'm just trying to think of, like, character actors that absolutely vanished. Like, Samir from Office Space. <laughs> yeah, He's amazing in that gone. one movie, and then just gone. Yeah. that's And that's Could a great example. <laughs> just some know. dude that Mike Judge knew or something like that's that. That's a fantastic example. What about Michael Bolton from Office Space? Did he do See, anything? He's been in stuff, Has though. he done some stuff? He was on Mad TV for a long time, and yeah. he was in, like, Idiocracy. Okay. He was in Dude, Where's My Car? Okay. Michael Bolton. <laughs> So good. He's been in. He's been in stuff. Yeah. David. Uh, what's his name? David Bolton. David. <laughs> just I H. just went there. Pull it up on IMDb. David. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of actors that just straight up stop. David working, Herman. David Herman. Oh God, it was so close. AJ Naidu. Samir. Diedrich Bader. Yeah, Diedrich Bader. Gary Cole. This movie is a who's who of people that have who have been working, but were never just blew absolutely blew up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gary Cole's amazing. Gary Cole is the yeah he is. Harvey Birdman, Attorney (laughs) at Law, is one of my favorite favorite. That's one of my favorite (laughs) things ever in the world. And if you can pull a Harvey Birdman quote out at me. 
I will respect you for the rest of my life. But I love Harvey Birdman and Gary Cole is just absolutely him and him and Stephen Colbert are the best parts about that show. Yeah, I've I've heard good things from it's you. So good. Gary Cole is one of those guys that pops up. He does voices and stuff all the time. Absolutely. Like he did someone in the, I think Flashpoint, and I was like the the Just DC sleep. movie yeah, yeah not not that show <laughs> um and I remember just being like well that, yep good old dependable Gary Cole it might <laughs> have been Cole this movie there was some out. animated movie I saw recently that he popped up in no I, mean, I guess it wasn't I that no maybe that whole <laughs> all like that's the interesting thing about the DC movies is that a lot of the voices that they get are pretty high profile pe- or the people that they have selected to kind of take on that role yeah and that but, one uh is Sam Daly the the son, or which one? Who voiced Superman throughout all of the Superman animated series oh, and all boy. of Justice League? Tim Daly, mm, yeah. and his yeah. son Sam Daly is taking over the voice of Superman. That's yeah. cool. It's awesome because they they both sound they have good Superman. Does voices. Kevin Conroy have a son that can take over for Batman? No, he's still Batman. <laughs> <laughs> there is only Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully, Fillion keeps keeps pulling the Green Lantern torch now that apparently his opportunity to be in the movie has sailed. Yeah. But, it's yeah. cool that a lot of these, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a weird thing now because a lot of really good actors and character actors they don't really have the chance to disappear anymore because they keep getting cast. Like usually when someone makes an impression now, they don't fade away unless they choose to. Yeah, no, it doesn't like, happen nearly as much. Kids like uh, Jake Lloyd, who is just so bitter at Hollywood. Mm-hmm. If you watch interviews of him now, oh mm-hmm. my god, is yeah. that ever awkward? It's really to watch. awkward to watch. Yeah, that kid is just so mad at the world. Yeah, yeah. for Star Wars, I almost feel bad just, for him. Oh, like so. Hot. That was a hard, hard... Like, he was a kid. Like, he went to school with a bunch of people that probably hated him. Probably saying yippee and yeah. stuff to him, yeah. Yeah, he is clearly very... <clears throat> I feel even... He, the fact that he turned out to be a relatively normal human being is a miracle. Well, we don't know that. Who knows? <laughs> he's pretty well put together. I mean, when they interview him, he's he's not, like, you know, clearly yeah, fighting not a complete off a blow habit right now. He doesn't have, like, yeah. a chain wallet. <laughs> he's going to... <laughs> Yeah, POD tattoo. <laughs> what he's going to the kid from, uh, from Jerry Maguire. Jonathan Lipnicki. Yeah, what happened to him? Let's he made the little out. vampire. Yep, little vampire. Same with uh, the kid from... God, my brother and I used to make Jonathan Lipnicki jokes a lot. <laughs> that is a uh, subgenre of joke. Um, yeah, he was in Stuart Little as well. He's along been with in Hugh a Laurie. few different things. Good for as him. Of late, so I haven't seen much. He's in of a that. TV show called Mother Lover, which is awesome because <laughs> I hope it's based on the Justin Timberlake Lonely Island collaboration. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, All right. we're totally off. Yeah, topic we're, now. we're we're off topic. And this is nerd trivia. Oh, whatever happened to that uh, Galifianakis fellow that uh, <laughs> made such a splash and then <laughs> vanished? <laughs> Who said who said Ryan Reynolds for this? Gojo. Yeah, Gojo. <laughs> so good. Well done, Gojo. Ryan Reynolds. Alright. I think that's about it for this episode of the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. You can uh you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff, as I said. You can find all of our old episodes, not just the thirty or so that are in iTunes, um at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Um, along with full show notes for every episode. Sometimes the time codes are right, sometimes they're not. <laughs> it's just kind of a gamble. That's fun. If you really don't want to hear spoilers, don't listen. I'm just kidding. You should listen anyway. Most of the time they're right. I shouldn't have said any of that. This is all going to get edited out. But anyway, um, <laughs> thanks to Aunt Mr. John, my brother, for our artwork and music. Um, is there anything else that I say? <laughs> feedback at MidwestFilmers.com. Send feedback there. Instagram. Instagram. Twitter. We have an Instagram and Twitter. Vine. 
at MFN Podcast on most things or Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. Um, and that's about it. Tyler Swy, go watch a movie. Cyber Woo. Thank you.